Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. I want to welcome you to this next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we're speaking with Fabiola Lopez. Fabiola is a clinical hypnotherapist. She's also a trauma recovery coach. How are you today, Fabiola? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's uh, it's crazy where the year's gone, isn't it? It's like I'm thinking a few months and we'll all be done. I know. It just flew by. Hasn't it? Have you found like it feels to me like as I get older, like the time definitely just seems to be going quicker and quicker. I think so, especially because we live such busy lives. Exactly, and obviously they say that obviously when we're having fun, time does tend to go a lot quicker, right? And and I'm sure that like me, you're having lots of fun over there. A ton of fun. <laughs> a ton. Obviously, we have a, a short amount of time today, Fabiola, so I want to make sure that I'm kind of getting the best out of you because I always find podcasts a great honor where I can find out a little bit about somebody, but also really wanting to learn, you know, and making sure that I'm asking the right questions, you know, for for everybody to be able to take something away because I think we, we, live, in a, we live in a world, especially at the moment, where there's a lot of knowledge, there's a lot of content to consume, and sometimes it can get a bit noisy. Um, so it's really important, I think, that we really start to apply some of this knowledge and cut across the noise. Do you find that it's that it's hard to really get your message out there when it seems quite saturated? I don't really focus on that. I think that I tend to focus more on just putting out content and whoever I'm aligned with for them to listen to my message, they eventually get the message. So the goal is really just to put the content out. And this could either be, you know, a phone call that I had from my sister and with my sister, and that'll make me create content based on that, or one of my best friends or something in my personal life, or maybe sometimes even one of my clients uh, to so they can get further understanding. So I'm not really focused on, you know, whether there's a lot of noise out there with a lot of the same content, to be honest, Um, and it's repetitive. But I think that the people that need to receive your message generally do. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, because I think that speaking that uh, from a viewpoint of creating content when you're going through something is very relatable. You also can really feel like that, that kind of human connection. I think people receive a message a a lot better when it comes from a place of empathy rather than it seem like it's forced right correct correct um i think it's really important when we understand why we behave the way that we do Uh, most of it is comes from our childhood but you know a trigger actually somebody can cut you off on the road, right? And you get instantly like upset about it. And that could be something as simple as, you know, I have built up emotion and I haven't really discussed about or communicated my feelings to someone and it's all pent up or something as simple as that person didn't see me. I I don't feel validated by that person. All of a sudden you get into this rage in a second, you know? Mm. 
Yeah, behavior is always a, an interesting one. Um, and you mentioned about childhood. I, I know that you do a, a lot of work around uh, trauma uh, and inner child uh, work as well. So I, I actually wanted to ask you, you know, why is it why is it important uh, that we all work on our inner child? Well, I mean, it obviously depends on how you were raised, right? But I think it's very important because as a child, as children, our frontal lobe is not completely developed. So we don't really know how to make sense of our environment. If our parents don't have good communication skills, right, something as simple as our parents being overstimulated and then that leads to anxiety and fight or flight and they can just easily lash out send us to our room but there isn't an explanation as to why that happened right so now we're in our room and we're upset and feel hurt that our parents lashed out and there isn't an explanation because maybe our parents don't know how to communicate effectively and then we sit there and we internalize i'm the problem uh, I'm not loved, you know, uh, nobody cares about me because we're so young. We, we don't have our uh, logical sense kicking in at that point. Mm. Yeah, isn't it wild that even like, even when we hit, like in my case, my 40s, like how some of that still can play out even now in, in adulthood, like our reaction to things of how it's deep rooted. How do we then go about Fabiola really working on our inner child if we're identifying triggers we're noticing our behavior is a little erratic we're we're reactive rather than proactive how, how do we actually go about like working on our inner child I think the first step is awareness or witnessing yourself why do I always react in this manner to this particular situation. It could be a different situation in, in different instances, but it's always the same reaction, right? Um, and something as simple as someone going to a store and, you know, bringing back a little gift or a little, I don't know, candy bar for a friend, and then they totally forgot about you. And all of a sudden you're upset and you're like, okay, this person does not care about me or does not consider me. And you're in this weird place where you either push them away because that's also reactive. You're protecting yourself. You push them away or you distance yourself, right? It's really important to just, the basic is start with just witnessing yourself, become self-aware of what your triggers are. Why is this bothering me so much? It's never the person. It's always you. It's a wound within you. So I would start off with just kind of being aware of your behavior. Mm. How do we really find the balance here, Fabiola? Because I, I I understand how like triggers work and I understand like often if we react to something, it may be showing us a place where we need continual healing. So so I, I get that reference, right? Now, for example, if if like you said, you came, say there's like there's me and another person and you come back from the store and you give the other person a chocolate bar, but not me. It's like, uh, at what point is that justified that I feel like that isn't fair without it being actually something that people would perceive as actually there's a there's a there's a wound there? Because if we're constantly kind of justifying somebody else's unkindness or their lack of ability to be aware of being fair to everyone, 
Like, do you understand what I mean? So how do we find that, that kind of like sweet spot? Well, I think that it starts with you, right? You become, you witness yourself or you become self-aware. Okay, this is a trigger. Sometimes what happens is we perceive the things that we do for people that are good, something as simple as, I don't know, uh, filling up your gas tank with gas, right? Or getting you something from a coffee shop or bringing you a coffee as, you know, I'm, I think of you, why don't you think of me? Right. But that's not how it works. Everybody lives in, in their own world. Everybody's hyper-focused on different things. Right. And sometimes they will consider you and sometimes they don't, but when we take that personal, right. Then we have the first step is awareness, self-awareness, witnessing your reaction, what this makes you feel, right? And then having, taking a step to, to kind of step back for a second, reflect on the situation, and then going to the person and saying, hey, you know, I saw that you brought Mark coffee and I was, you knew I was going to be with Mark. Why wouldn't you bring me coffee? And we start telling ourselves this story, like this person doesn't care. I just filled out their gas tank. You know, why don't they care? So this is where honest and effective communication needs to come. Asking a question like, why did you bring Mark coffee and you didn't bring me coffee, knowing that we were going to be together? And the person can say, I heard you say, Fabiola, the other day that you were going to stop caffeine. That's why I'm sorry. Were you not? going to stop caffeine? And then I could answer like, oh my goodness, I did say that. I'm sorry. So it's not really about making an excuse for the other person, right? It's about knowing that this, that's something that their behavior or their reactions or something they did hurt your feelings, witnessing what you're feeling, taking a step back and then effective and open communication. And then you come to an understanding. I think mm-hmm. that's really what it's yeah, I think that's a, a helpful and a, an important thing to say is to is to verbalize how we feel, uh, cut through the assumption, um, right. actually talk talk it through. Um, right. Our brain is programmed to always set us up for the worst case scenario. Mm. So Marsha went to go get coffee. She brought Mark a coffee. She didn't bring Fabiola coffee. And I'm going to be like, She doesn't like me. There's something wrong with me because we already have these internal beliefs about ourselves, Mm. right? Mm. Usually circumstances will bring them out. And then we start with this whole narrative that's not even true because we're not even asking. Mm. You know, we're not even asking Marsha, like, why didn't you bring me a coffee? I'm just assuming that you don't like me or you're upset at me or you're mad at me. And it's just an assumption. The key here, Fabiola, is to always have your own coffee and your own chocolate with you. <laughs> Absolutely, please. Funny. Um, you obviously work with trauma. You're a tra- trauma recovery coach, right? So um, you can go as, as vulnerably or, or as personally as you want to or, or perhaps not, which is which is fine. But what was a personal, like, trauma that you needed to walk through that may have been like the catalyst for for the work that you do because I often find that when I interview people a lot of the times people are doing work because they had to go through something that then became the reason as to to why they wanted to help others so was that the case for you uh yes so I started my work 
in 2009. So I was sexually abused uh, by my father from the age of three to about 14 years old. I don't have many memories. They're very fragmented, but we keep emotion in our bodies, right? So there's a lot of things that I don't like. Like if I don't see that someone's going to pat me on the shoulder, like I don't see them coming, I will instantly cringe. Um, or if uh, someone wants to caress me and I don't, same thing, I don't know that they're coming, I will cringe again. Um, the smell of beer, for some reason, I will cringe. I don't have many memories. Some have surfaced. Uh, I've been working on myself for years. Um, and this was actually the catalyst for me to go on this path. Um, I carried a lot of shame and a lot of anger and could never really understand it, like where this rage would come from until I started to kind of unpack and do the work on myself. Yeah, they, they, they say that people that are able to talk about their past uh, is, a, is a sign of healing because often people will say, well, Fabiola, you're so, you know, you're so brave to be able to share something so, so vulnerably and so difficult that, you know, I, I've heard people say, you know, I could, I could never share such a thing, you know, but for me, the people that are able to share that is because they have done, have done the healing. Now, if somebody's faced with something that's really difficult, how did you work your way through that, that it no longer became like something that you did feel ashamed of, but actually felt would empower the people as well as yourself. Right. Well, in the beginning of my journey, it was very hard. I went through a cocoon phase where I, 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 because I was living so many of my memories and my experiences, because through my work, a lot of mer uh, memories started to resurface that I necessarily did not know how to make sense of. So I did this, weird thing which is not weird now i know everybody does it uh but it felt weird for me at the time because i had no idea what was happening so it's a cocoon phase where you kind of go in and you're it's self-preservation you're kind of in hiding you distance yourself from everyone because for me there was a little bit of shame in that right i didn't want to know anybody that i didn't want anyone to know i'm sorry that i was hurting and also the shame and the guilt and the anger that I was carrying, you know, I was unpacking all of that and I was very ashamed of it. So I think that when you start the process, it kind of goes into that phase, right? But in order to heal, in my experience, in order to heal, you have to feel Absolutely. And I allowed myself to do that, which is kind of what you do in the cocoon phase. You allow yourself to feel and, and process and understand and make sense of what happened. And after you go through that phase, slowly but surely, you start to, you know, reconnect with your friends. You start to enjoy the things that you used to enjoy because that cocoon phase is very hard, very hard. You distance yourself from everyone. The things that you used to love doing, you don't anymore, all of a sudden. And uh, you feel very alone and isolated, but you do get through it. And it's very necessary to go through that phase. Yeah, I think you make some good points around, you know, making sure that you that you feel it um, and that you understand. Because I think, like, it's important to process and to not just push away or Correct. or actually just kind of, like, dismiss kind of what you've 
gone through there is there is a there is a point in in grieving uh some of the things that we've gone through right in order for us to be able to move beyond it correct it's so important that we are allow we allow ourselves to feel and grieve whether it's a breakup a loss your your childhood whatever it is it's so important that we allow ourselves to feel and not push it away or not cope with negative coping mechanisms because that that's also easy when you have trauma right you don't want to feel especially the feelings if you have feelings that are associated with like shame or guilt or you know in my case it was disgust right i always had the ick feeling especially when i had attention uh because my brain did not know how to recognize the difference between sexual attention mm. and a, a attention of achievement or success. It was very hard for me to know the difference. And uh, for me, it was like when I started to get att attention for success, I wanted to literally crawl into a little hole and hide. And that was just the overall feeling that I would feel. Um, and that was the same when I was a child, whenever I would get sexual attention, because that's what I got from the age of three to 13, mm. I would want to hide and, and kind of go into a little like ball or hole and just, you know, go in fetal position and just hide. So mm. it's really important that we allow to be uncomfortable. It's, it's what will allow us to grow as an individual and heal. And then how are you how are you able to like rewrite that story? Because obviously it had the had a very similar kind of look. Like when you said like you didn't know the difference between sexual and then just actual just achievement and just somebody wanted to give you a hug and say, you know, well done rather than it meaning anything other than that. How did you change that narrative? It was very hard. <laughs> very hard. Um so I would start with meditating in the morning, then I would exercise, then I would do uh, cold plunges, and that I would do that to regulate my nervous system. Because when you have trauma, your nervous system is not regulated, right? I, a lot of affirmations, a lot of talking to my inner child, I would say, Fabiola, you're safe. I love you. I promise I'm going to keep you safe. This attention that you're getting, we deserve it. We've worked so hard for this. On the weekends that you should have been out with your friends, you're working till midnight planning for the next week. You deserve this. And slowly but surely, I started to change my narrative. But it was there was a lot of regulating my, my teaching my nervous system that I was safe. Because before I did this, People would come and be like, congratulations. Oh, my God, you're doing such wonderful work. And if I had a cup of water, coffee, I'd get so anxious that I just spill it on myself without even realizing because there's a little bit of dissociation as well um, that would happen. And then I would bring myself back when I would realize that I had coffee all over myself. Mm. So I, I definitely had to work hard on that. Mm. It is powerful, the inner child stuff. I remember during COVID where... For me, it, that actually did bring quite a bit to the surface for me. Isolation, uh, feeling abandoned, that really like resulted in me looking at a lot of childhood things. And I remember walking through my park and I saw 
in in I don't know how I saw it. It was in my mind's eye. I saw little Mark, right? And when my parents divorced, I remember seeing myself and I took myself by the hands and I and I spoke to to my little self and said, You are not alone. I am here with you. And it was just a powerful like interaction with myself came like from nowhere and I got so much healing from it. It was unbelievable. So beautiful. Yeah, because our inner child, it's it's still with us. We do a lot of our behaviors are subconscious, right? So mm. depending on our surroundings or our environment, our inner child will get triggered. So the first step is to notice it. Second step is to be compassionate towards it because it needs love. It really does. It's so important to nurture our inner child. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I don't even know where it's a thing, Fabio, that you would know. But I just remember that when I started to recollect all the trauma as a child that I went through, when I when I'd go back to those moments, I would then put Mark that I am now in that mm -hmm. room. And it really right. changes the my experience around around that. I found it really quite wow. Like that seems to be something. Right. It's liberating actually, because you are you're teaching your inner child little Mark that he is safe and that adult Mark is going to show up for him no matter what. Uh, I did an exercise when I was uh, just started my healing process. And I remember that my hypnotherapist um, took me through this hypnosis where we went into my old childhood room and I talked to myself and I picked myself up and I was adult Fabiola was carrying little Fabiola. And I looked at my father and I said, I am taking her. You will no longer hurt her. She is precious and I love her. And if you couldn't protect her, I will. And then I put little Fabiola down. I grabbed her by the hand and we walked out of the house and it was so incredibly liberating for me. I took my power back that moment. And I knew that in that moment, I was responsible for little Fabiola. I am responsible for me. Mm, I love that. Now, you are obviously a clinical hypnotherapist, and you're just starting to touch on that, how it actually became a part of uh, that trauma recovery. Um, I've had hypnotherapy myself and, and don't know all the ins and outs but how does it really work? Like, what is what is going on? Like, what actually happens? You're always in control. Always. You're always going to be in control. You're not going to, like, quack like a chicken or like a duck or, you know, walk like a duck. That's not. I mean, you can, but not here. It's just a very relaxed state where no thoughts are coming in and only suggestions are coming in. Like, for example, Fabiola, you are taking your power back. You are so wonderful. You're more than capable of achieving your goals. Um, you're no longer afraid. It's all the suggestions that, you know, you need to make a change. Because remember, we're already, at the, by the time we're eight years old, we're already developed certain uh subconscious behaviors that we're not even aware of about based on our environment, our parents, our beliefs, what we're taught, right? And we're carrying that and we're seven, eight years old, all the way until adulthood, until you realize that's not working for you anymore and you need change. 
how are you helping people regain their power? You've talked about like regaining regaining your own power, like through your own journey. How are you now doing that, like for other people? Okay. Well, I think that because I do a lot of healing the inner child in my practice, when I was in school, I remember one of my professors said, whatever you've been through is going to walk in through the door. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Little did I know that most of my clients want to heal their inner child. It's probably 90% of my, of my, um, practice, to be honest. I do have some that come in, oh, uh, I'm very anxious, but anxiety is just a symptom of something bigger, right? So we always just dive into childhood. I mean, they learn how to nurture the their inner child, how to set boundaries, how to reparent, um, how to love themselves and loving themselves is not looking in the mirror and being like, I'm so beautiful. Loving yourself is really understanding your needs. I'm not having a good day. What do I need to do? Do I need to talk to somebody? Do I need to journal? Do I need to go out for a walk? I want to nurture myself right now. You know, maybe today I'm going to go get ice cream. You know, it is about really understanding what your needs are. And that's how I empower them with a lot of awareness, uh, a lot of understanding of why we do the things that we do. And they definitely do change their lives for mm. the better. Mm. Yeah, I've heard awareness, I think, quite a lot in this interview. Uh, how do we then go from uh, an unconscious to a conscious awareness? Because a lot of people, are, like I said, are, are reactive. They are kind of like, sleepwalking through life how, how do we make that transition well i think it's it's a little hard because if you don't know different until someone comes and tells you or teaches you different does that mm. make sense mm. so a lot of us are in a hypnotic state kind of walking around doing the same thing but i think sometimes people feel stuck Sometimes they want different, whether they saw something on social media, whether they feel stuck, whether they're not in a relationship and they want, they don't understand why, right? I think that that is the beginning. Something in them just lights up like this is not normal. There's something wrong, right? There is no normal, FYI. There, your normal is normal. Whatever's normal to you is normal. But some people, will be like, why can't I have that life? And actually will start to answer questions or why am I not happy? Why am I so miserable at this job? So it's always some kind of awareness drops out of nowhere and then people start to do the work. Mm -hmm. But the way we do it is usually if, if I'm living an unhappy life and I don't feel fulfilled and I feel stuck, there is no worse feeling on the face of this planet than feeling like you're stuck, you're stagnant, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. that'll light something up right mm. enough of that feeling at some point you're going to open your eyes and you're going to wake up and you're going to be like what's the problem here and mm. then you're going to start to question either you're going to go get a new job or you're going to move away from the environment or you're going to start working on yourself mm. and what are you working on at the moment and what resources do you have and am i right in thinking that you've just created a journal is that right so I have a journal uh, on Amazon and it's called my first journal. It's healing the inner child. A lot of trauma victims or people, uh, children, sorry, that are now adults don't know what they're feeling. 
what I've noticed is they only know when they're happy, excited, sad, or angry. But there's so many other feelings like shame, guilt, disgust, right? There's so many other feelings, but they just don't know. They just know these four feelings. So I've created the journal so people can also articulate what they're feeling, also where in their body. When we were talking previously about me not, my brain not knowing the difference between, you know, sexual attention and attention for success and achievement, I usually get the pain in my stomach and you have to be aware of it. Uh, It's right above my belly button and it's this like, almost like this brick feeling, like I'm carrying a heavy brick, right? And that is where I associate the pain from, uh, of achievement, achievement, sorry, used to, and uh, sexual attention. So it, my, the journal teaches you how to articulate what you're feeling, how to recognize it in your body. It also teaches you how to speak to your inner child affirmations uh, and how to reparent yourself. So let's say that I'm the one that's driving this time and I, you know, someone cuts me off and I start, I don't know, lashing out in the car like you, you know, whatever, you're an idiot. Let's say I say that. Right. And but I don't like my reaction because if I let this one incident, this one tiny little incident that someone cut me off. Right. It's going to ruin my whole day. I'm going to obsess over it. I'm going to these old feelings of I'm not validated, I'm not seen are going to resurface, right? And there goes my day. So it teaches you how to reparent yourself in a way of saying, okay, I lashed out, I got really upset. So when you reparent yourself, it's I lashed out. It's not okay, but I will try to do better. So you're not shaming yourself. You're not being hard on yourself. You're you're treating yourself with compassion. You're taking accountability and you're learning from your your mistakes and you're also moving on. You're not holding on to it. It is amazing how we, how we feel things in our body. Like whenever I'm anxious about something, I always have a pain on my right side, just under my rib. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know what that is. Like, it's just, it is fascinating how it, how it manifests in the body. And obviously that can then help us pause, uh, take, take a time out you know, and, and even some of those things that you said that you do, uh, in terms of like cold plunges and stuff, I still do cold showers like now in terms of resetting my, my nervous system. It's amazing. No, it's amazing. Especially with all the chemicals that secrete dopamine, serotonin, like it's so important. And then this also puts you in a state of gratitude after, for some reason, Mm. Uh, somebody can, whatever would trigger you a week or two weeks before that no longer does. You're like, okay, that's, that's, uh, that's Mark's problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be more, I'm not going to get upset. That's a Mark problem. It's not a Fabiola problem. And you move on, you know? Yeah. I do. So if, if people have, have heard what we've been talking about, you know, and maybe can kind of identify they they're in the middle of a journey or maybe they haven't even started yet. And maybe they're just a bit broken, a bit lost. How, how do people best get in touch with you, Fabio? And how do people find out more about about you and your work? Okay. Uh, I'm on Instagram, South Pasadena Hypnosis, my website, uh, southpasadenahypnosis.com. 
I also have blogs. You can subscribe to my blogs on southpasadenahypnosis.com and you can start your own healing journey because I also do believe that we can heal ourselves. We just need the proper guidance, but everything comes from us. Like when my clients will come in, they'll be like, Fabiola, you've done like F because of you, I'm healing. And I'm like, absolutely not. You've done everything. I'm so proud of you. You're so brave. I have nothing to do with it. It's always the person. It's always you. We have the ability and the power to heal ourselves without judgment and without criticizing ourselves because we're not perfect. Mm. And if you had like one final thing to say as we wrap this up, what, what would it be? What would be like your, your message? My message would be that your past does not define you. Whatever limiting beliefs that you're caring about yourself. Uh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I can't achieve this. It doesn't come from you. It came from the environment that you grew up in. You're more than capable of achieving all your goals and reaching whatever destination you want to reach. Mm. Amazing, Fabiola. Really enjoyed like just your vulnerability, but also uh, it's always important, I think, when we do podcasts that we're not just sharing like ideas uh, and, and a nice story, but we're actually giving practical uh, application to that which we're saying because it's it's all well and good having theory, but theory and practical are, are very different. So I really like how you gave a, a real good mix of the of those two. Thank you. Yeah, it was Pleasure. good. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.